Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. It's the first thing that comes up. And you can email us anytime at show at gmail.com. This is episode 83. And today, co-hosting with me, my longtime friend, my brother from another mother. Usually I have a really good explanation of why he's here, but today he's helping me because I have a sore throat and because, well, it's more fun to be on here with him than anybody else at times. Uncle Rico in the house. No fancy getup. No, you know, Russ can cook, all that stuff today. I'm just in it. I'm going to be real blunt with people. Just start this out this way. I have a little bit of a sore throat still. I've been sick for a couple of days. And this is the best I have felt since this past weekend. And originally I was going to wait till the end of the week, but I got some stuff coming up at the end of the week. So I can't record. So I'm like, well, Uncle Rico is going to come in here and save me. And we're going to do this now. So Uncle Rico in the house. Thank you so much. Brother, what's happening with you? Draft. Draft. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't, you know, I, I don't get that excited for the draft because I don't follow college football, really. Yeah. This year was different. This year, I was excited to see it. I paid attention. I had it up the whole time and uh, have some feelings on it. But I was, I was impressed. Like, there's, this may be something, you know, I never really did pay attention. I yeah. think I'm going to be paying attention for a while now. I really enjoyed watching this year's draft. Yeah. Ellen and I kind of recapped my thoughts for rounds one and two, uh, and I had a couple of thoughts mm-hmm. on round three as well. But let's talk about what you thought. Give me some of your uh, impressions and things you either liked or disliked. Tell me what you saw this weekend that you – what made you stand up and go home this weekend? I'll go from least to most. I'll start with the Lions. I, I really like the way they drafted, but I will admit on the first round I was a little perplexed what they were trying to do yeah after the second round it made sense yeah but it but that first pick breaking running back it it had it had a lot of people scratching their heads had me scratching my head yeah but as the as the weekend unfolded i thought they had a a really good draft i thought they did what they needed to do yeah yeah the next team i thought did really well, sneakily so. I didn't think they made a lot of moves, especially early on, was the Steelers. I really liked the way they drafted. I thought they were a, you know, a quiet, like, like, kind of almost like last year. They were kind of a quiet, sneaky draft, just like their season was. They were quietly very good last year, pretty good last year. I don't want to say very good. Um, but I thought they addressed needs as well in a, in a quiet way. But Desperate, not desperately so. They definitely needed to do this, and I like what they did. But to yeah. me, um, and there, this is my own personal impression, I thought the, the Houston Texans really made the most of their draft. I think they were aggressive. Yeah. They traded up. I love the picks. I love what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I think that of, the, of those three, for me, the big winner is the Houston Texans. I really like what they did at two and three, trading up to do that making moves, making the most of their picks and realizing that we knew they needed everything and they got a lot for what they needed. 
Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on a lot of that. Now, I, I kind of hit those, hit, hit each of those one at a time here. The Lions, I thought, did draft well. At the, at the moment that they drafted um, Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama, I was like, that's too high. He, to me, had a first-round grade, and I don't mean that as a knock on Gibbs. I thought, well, they've still got plenty of guys in the rotation there in Detroit. Um, and running back is that one position that you – it's kind of over – it's kind of undervalued. It's, it's one of those things are in the draft. Running backs aren't really worthy of a first-round pick because of the five-year contract, at least the option of a fifth year. And the tread team seems to go on the tire, seems to leave the tires pretty quick. So if you have a running back who's ready, you know they're going to be kind of out of tread by the time they get to the fifth year. Look at like an Ezekiel Elliott right now and a couple of things like a couple of players like that. Um, and then if they're not ready, when you use the high pick, when a guy you can't really play till year two or three, and then you don't really know how much they can give you. So, but I like Gibbs. I think he's a heck of a running back. Um, he's he was the clear number two to me. Uh, B. John Robinson to me was different. I mean, he's a guy who's going to come in and be the guy immediately. So I think he was worthy of a first round pick. Jameer Gibbs, I thought was reasonable for a late first round. I do like that the Lions went in and said, let's go ahead and get him. The time I was thinking it was really a bad fit because there's their running back committee and they've had so many guys. But they knew yeah. what they were doing and they traded. Um, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. And I was one of the old Georgia running back. They traded DeAndre Smith on day two for a third-round pick. And that makes a lot of sense. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. Uh, I, I like that the Lions are filling in the roster. Well, the only thing that the Lions, to me, need right now is a backup quarterback. They're going to need somebody. And I looked at the teams, and I looked at what Detroit did. Where I thought Detroit killed it was round three. They got the guy. They got Hendon Hooker. Your guy. They caught your guy. That was the guy that, yeah, it was the guy that I thought this guy was worthy of a first-round pick um, if you, you know, thought he was the guy. I think this is a perfect landing spot in Detroit because you know you got Jared Goff this year. You may not have him next year. The contract issue there. You're either going to trade him or let him go as a free agent. Hendon Hooker's not going to play this year simply because Hendon Hooker's injury issues and what's, what's happened, he's not going to be ready. So if he's ready to be on the backup, the backup quarterback, you know, midway through the season, that makes a lot of sense. And if the Lions have to play Hendon Hooker later in the season, it would mean that they're, there's an injury. And it probably means the Lions are in a lot of trouble and aren't going to be the team we think they are. So I agree with you on Detroit completely. The Steelers, to me, were the sneaky good on their picks. Um, mm -hmm. This team, in the last two years, has just stacked talent. Now, I don't know if I'm a fan of, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy. So far, he has been adequate and could be good. I don't think he's a, a franchise guy, but he's been good enough. 
but the Steelers have put a strong roster around him. And I think Broderick Jones gives him a great left tackle moving forward. Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. might be one of the steals in this draft to go play corner. Um, I, I love it. The other one I like, Darnell Washington from Georgia, tight end. He was the backup tight end at Georgia. Uh, hella athletic, and he was when they went to two tight end formation, the guy. A reason a lot of folks don't know about him is that the current Georgia tight end is a difference guy. It's going to be a top five pick next year. So, But I love what I saw with the Steelers. You mentioned the Texans. And I'm going to tell you now, this is the winner of the draft. If there's a winner, it's the Texans. We talked about it last week. We said C.J. Stroud, (coughs) pardon me, C.J. Stroud may not have the upside that other quarterbacks in this draft do, but he ain't going to embarrass you, and he can be a franchise guy for 10 years. And then trading up for number two was so smart. I was talking to Tyler Jones about this. We talked about it, Ellen and I did, on the the point five last week as well. If you're going to give up your number one pick next year, which is what they essentially did, they gave up the number one, they moved up, and they gave up a couple things down the road. But you can get what essentially is the best player or one of the two best non-quarterbacks in this this draft. If there was no quarterback, this guy's taking one or two. Um, maybe one and getting Will Anderson, you were not going to get Will Anderson next year or a player like him next year. If you're the Texans, because you're not going to have a top five pick next year. Not with the, not with how they've made their roster better, not with the young talent they brought in. I think it's a, a brilliant deal. And I think that when you trade that pick, you trade in, you're basically trading a pick that's not as valuable as the one you're getting. Because they're not getting, you're not getting, you're getting top five value for a pick next year that won't be in the top five. And that's why I liked it. I like that. And I love the fact they got Will Anderson. They went and got their leader, the Texas leader for their defense, and a difference maker. And then CJ Stroud, they went at the franchise quarterback in the same round. In this draft, I mentioned, we talked about it this offseason. This was the job. This was the job of all the coaching openings. You and I kind of agreed on this, too. People were saying, well, you know, where would Sean Payton want to go? And he chose Denver. Well, I I like this job better. It was because of shit like this. It was the blank canvas with owners that owner wants to win, a lot of salary cap space top five pick and then you get a second top five pick by being aggressive i that's great and i think if you're a texans fan you gotta be happy i was in houston a couple weeks ago i was talking to some folks at a bar we were getting dinner and talking to some folks and i asked about the texans and the thing i kept hearing was we really want a player that kids want to wear the jersey of we need that's what our expectation is Get us that guy. Offensive or defensive, doesn't matter. Boys and girls, they went and got two of them. Uh, one yeah. gentleman I was talking to said, look, we haven't had a guy here since J.J. Watt that kids want to wear the jersey of. And that was with all due respect to Deshaun Watson. And 
really, we talked, and we mentioned this already in this podcast, what hurt the Texans where they're, they were on this wave of going up. I mean, they were on the incline. And 21 to zero happened to them. It was 24 nothing happened to them. They got up 24 nothing against the Chiefs, the playoffs three years ago, four, four years ago, and lost that game. And they ain't been right since. It's been one thing after another. And now they've hit the hard reset. And they're back with this level of young talent. They're also one of the youngest teams in the league. They've got a defensive back who's going to be one of the best in the league in Derek Stingley. I love a lot about what I see here. And I agree with you. I think those were those were the three of the teams that I thought won draft the draft. The other one to me is the Eagles. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles to me, I, I said it on the point five last week. I'm going to say it again. Their general manager is the best general manager in American sports. He is not just the best general manager in the NFL. Howie Roseman is the best GM in all of sports. Jalen Carter drops to him at nine. And think about that. They shouldn't even had that pick. That pick they got, the 10th pick, they trade up one spot. And that pick was the pick they got last year from the Saints in the Chris Olave deal. Yep. When they traded back, they traded back last year and got up a one. Knew the Saints were going to suck. So the top 10 pick, it was 10th. And that's what I'm talking about. You can't trade a first round pick if you think it's going to be a good pick. And look what the Eagles made out of that, Jalen Carter. Then at the end of the first round, 31 first pick, you get Nolan Smith. Uh, later on, they get Keely Ringo, another cor- a corner from Georgia. Howie Roseman's over there like Thanos. He's got the damn infinity gauntlet with all the Georgia football, all the Georgia defensive players. Yeah, they're getting, I think, did just through trades and draft, I believe they're bringing in five Georgia players. They have five. I remember. They have five players yeah. off that 2022 Georgia defense, the one that's the yeah. 2021 season, 2022 championship team. That was right. the 11, you know, that was the, they, no one scored on them. They were just ridiculously good. All 11 guys are going to play in the NFL. Five of them are teammates. I saw when Roseman called Nolan Smith. There was they showed a thing on NFL Network. He says, "Man, we're about to pick you here." He says, "Damn it, I'm a Gator. This hurts me to pick all you Georgia guys, but damn, you're all good." <laughs> there, was, I was reading that as well, and and it's interesting that uh, you know that they were talking about he might have to run from his alma mater or might have turned something in, um, but he justified it pretty well, I think, by saying flat out. Chemistry. These guys have already played together. They have built-in chemistry, and that's what they need to kind of jumpstart what they want to do on defense. Yeah. And I can't blame the guy. His, his, the reasoning behind it, with the talent he's selecting, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's the one thing. They already had a very good defense last year, and they're improving on that, which makes them dangerous in my opinion. I, really li- I agree with you. I like what Philly did in this draft. They didn't overreach for anything. They didn't, they're not really trying to do much on offense. I don't, except for the quarterback. Except for Terry which I do like the tackle call. 
I like him getting a tackle for that. I like getting protection for for Hertz, especially after signing a quarterback. Uh, the contract, you better protect him. I really yeah. like what they did. I agree with you completely. Yeah, and Tyler Steen in Alabama is no joke. I mean, that's another guy. I mean, he's a third round pick. Yeah. Who is the second pick in the third round. I mean, he's a he's a second round or even a first round uh, talent. Just this this draft was loaded at tackle and corner. So. Um, yeah, to me, the Eagles were the biggest winners. Um, a lot of that has to do with how they played their hand. But the two teams, the other one to me was the Texans. I mean, it was they, hey, how do you play your hand? How you move around this thing makes a difference. And I thought those were the two yeah, that I yeah. thought was great. And so, um, but, but I don't disagree I with you at all. For different Steelers reasons. Were, yeah. Yeah, for different reasons, I completely agree. They both mm-hmm. had great drafts. They were both trying to do different things, and I think they both succeeded at it. Yep. Uh, it, was a, it was a great draft. I, it's hard to say there's a winner or to grade drafts. So I'm just going to say that, because you don't really know this draft till four or five years from now, really. But what I can say sure. is I like where teams were going, and I can understand where those four teams we mentioned were going. Um, and to me, the one that the best two picks in this entire draft came in round three. It was <laughs> yes, Hendon Hooker going to um, Detroit. Detroit. And the other one was Dorian Williams, the linebacker from Tulane, going to Buffalo. I, I laid this out in the point five a little bit. Here's why. People don't know who Dorian Williams is. Believe me, you will. This was the best inside linebacker in this draft. Um, I reckon him, I liken him to a Demario Davis, a guy who's a smart inside linebacker. He is not a pass rusher, but he is sideline to sideline. And where I think Buffalo really took this was they took him thinking, we're in a conference with quarterbacks that sometimes will run the ball. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Now you've got Aaron Rodgers who can use his feet. Joe Burrow can use his feet. Lamar Jackson. You're going to have to beat two of those teams in the playoffs. Dorian Williams is the spy. He's the guy that can stay in the front with a three-man or a four-man front you don't lose anything in the defensive backfield, and he's your quarterback spy. And he's the guy that takes a quarterback like Mahomes or Burrow, who have similar scrambling abilities, and instead of them scrambling for the five or six yards for the first down, they get caught at the third at the three-yard game on third down, and now it's fourth down, there's too much punt. Or it's fourth down, and they don't get it. Something like that. You're going to hear that more than once in his career. He's going to save. Dorian Williams will save Buffalo a possession a game because of his ability to despise the quarterback. And this motherfucker, if you've never seen him play, go back and watch Tulane, is a tackling machine. He was the leading tackler in his team, leading tackler in the conference, one of the leading tacklers in, in all of America. Um, defensive player here in the American Conference, and this guy doesn't hit, he tackles. Once he makes contact, you go to the ground. 
Um, unbelievable. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the USC game. He's the reason that they kept Keelan Williams. They kept that whole thing um, in, in, in house. I mean, USC was not able to scramble with that quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the country, the Heisman winner. And they couldn't do get anything going because anytime it was scramble drill time, here comes Dorian Williams stopping him. We're trying to give him back the ball with, you know, to get two yards. Here's Dorian Williams, and you only get one. The guy's a tackler. He's, a, he's unlike anything you'll see coming out of college right now. And there's other inside linebackers. I know people like Trenton Simpson. Um, other people like Marte Mapu. Um, there's the kid from Iowa. Oh, gosh, let me get him up here real quick. Uh, uh, Jack Campbell, who went to Detroit. Dorian Williams is better than all of them. Better than all of them. So get ready. Yeah. That was, to me, those are the best two picks this entire draft. I did want to say um, the other thing I always look at when I look at these drafts, I want to ask you your thoughts on this. I always look at, you know, who got drafted in what rounds and how teams did. But then I love going back and looking at the quarterbacks and seeing what quarterback went where, you know, who took the quarterbacks at certain times. Um, what did you think or your impressions of those, of the first round quarterbacks first off? I was, I'll say this off the bat for the quarterbacks. I did not expect Will Levis to go in the second round. So to me, that was surprising. Yeah. But I am, but I am, I applaud Tennessee for essentially what, what I would consider getting him cheap. Yeah. The first round pick, in my opinion, they got him early in the second, and they got him. They and they need him. They really did need. I mean, you can't. What are they going to do? Keep yeah. going with Tannehill. We've talked about Tannehill. We we've used to use him as a grading stick. He's mm-hmm. been tossed from that now. So that's that. At least for us, is an indicator he needs to go. Yeah, that's that is no question. So that you have Tannehill, great. Give this guy a year. Let him first get humbled at where where he is and what's really going on here, because I think there's that's I think that was an I had heard that was a knock against him, a little bit of a, of an ego check is what he needs. But yeah. at the same time, the talent is there, the the potential is there. I like what they did, and obviously we as we mentioned, Hooker, I think the Lions got him super cheap. Yeah, in the third. Yeah, I you know, I think a lot of people are giving grief to Will Levis and he dropped out of the first round and they moved into the second. I, I agree. I think Tennessee's also a good spot for him. We don't know what's gonna happen there. And I think that it was a great idea to to go get a Will Levis because if Will Levis is who people think he might be, when you got your franchise quarterback cheap. The other yeah. thing I would say is I, I, I think Bryce and CJ, we, we, we expected this. This was nothing out of the ordinary. I applaud Indy for, going, for taking Richardson. They need him. They got him. Um, it, was a, it was up in the air who they were going to get. Um, if they had taken Levis, I would have been shocked if Richardson was – I honestly did not expect any of those four to make it past 10. Yeah. So to see that, I applaud – Indianapolis for getting him. Yeah. Uh, it's not that surprising. It definitely fills a need they have. We will see how that works out uh, with Coach, 
how it's how he's coached, the scheme that he's able to fit into, and what they bring to the table. I am yeah. interested to follow that this year because I believe he will be starting right off the bat, as well as Bryce Young. Yeah, actually, well, all three I, of them actually will be starting this year. All, I, all of those those three the, in one, two, and four will be starting this year. Yeah, I debate. I think that so when we were watching the draft, and I saw Anthony Richardson go for you, he's the guy I'm rooting for. I re- I love the kid. I think he's a great player. I think he has the ability to be the best, to be the best quarterback in the league. I just like my jaw hit the ground when the Colts took him, and I just said, I looked over and how Jen was with me, and I went, "They're going to ruin this kid." They're going to absolutely ruin this kid. They have no chance of making this right. They're going to fuck this kid up. He's going to start from day one. It's a huge mistake. Um, And he will. He'll be the starting quarterback of the Colts week one. Huge mistake. Not that he can't do it. It's that he needs to be handling a clipboard. He needs to be getting used to the speed of the game. And then and, and learn offenses and learn some intricate things. I also don't like the fact that he's going to a coaching staff, and I broke all this shit down to the point five where I hate the coaching staff. I hate what they've done. If you look at what Bryce Young is walking into, he's walking into a coaching staff in a situation where he's going to learn. I look at the Colts coaching staff and I go, oh, shit, this is not a good idea. The Colts basically think that Jim Bob Cooters will get this thing done. And other than having a funny name, Jim Bob Cooter is not going to be fucking, you know, the, the whisperer here. I, I just think it's a bad idea. It's a bad example. It's great for the Colts because they get the most talented quarterback, the upside potential. But it's hard for him. And I think that he's more likely to get used and abused in Indy now than be successful. And I just hate that. I completely me. agree. I completely agree. And, and I'll and I'll and I'll add. I'll tack on to that with this. There is, there is a bit of Jim Irsay that is starting to feel like Jerry Jones to me. Well, I agree. So I, this is what I've always heard about Jim Irsay. When it comes to being an owner, Jim Irsay, because he grew up around football, his dad owned this team. Yeah. He grew up in the game. Jim Irsay is a little bit of a football savant. He actually understands the game as it's played and understands what needs to be done. But he's done such a poor job. The guy, since he took over the team, since his father passed and took the team, he got Peyton Manning in 1998. I mean, he got the number one pick. Look, you earn the number one pick. You earn it by being a shit franchise. And they were for 15 years a shit franchise. They get Peyton Manning dropped off, who, I mean, look, people may not think he's Tom Brady, but Peyton Manning, to me, you look at what all he did in a shit situation he went into, boy, there was nothing helping him. And he went in there and made the best out of the situation. He made Tony Dungy a Hall of Famer. He made all these players around him, like Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and Andrew and James, Hall of Famers. There are many people who give their livings because of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning gets gets his neck injury. He's not going to play. They have a really shitty season because he can't play. They luck into the number. They get the number one pick because they suck. They did nothing around Peyton Manning. 
you know, a 50, a 12 game drop off in wins between when he's there and when he's not. And who do you get? You get Andrew Luck thrown at you. They fucked up Andrew Luck so bad. He up and retired. Yeah. And I, I challenge anybody on that. And I, I can say it from Andrew Luck's own words. There's a great article on ESPN.com a couple months ago where he basically goes in and says, look, I wasn't enjoying football. I'm constantly injured. And this staff sucks. It is not getting me right. So I'm out of here. And, and, and that's kind of what I mean by that is, yeah. to me, this feels like Ursay is not doing it the same way Jerry Jones does, but he's basically, he's got the same kind of attitude towards it as I'm yeah. the owner, I'm the billionaire, I want to win, I want to win my way. Yeah. Not the same Jerry, as Jerry, but he's got yeah. that attitude and treatment and he's not doing right by his team to have success. Yeah. With Jerry, Jerry wants to win and Jerry will do things to win, but you're right in that he wants it his way. So I do see that. Every owner wants to win because it's success for their team, but these guys are meddlers. They get involved in layers that should not. There's a lot of truth to that in the meddling thing. I will say I disagree with the idea that all owners want to win. All owners would like to win. But not all owners care about winning. I think there's just as many owners that care about making money as they care about winning. Well, the motivation may vary, but they all want to win, whether it's for the glory of it or the or the business of it. Either way, they want to win because that's good for business. Any way you cut it. But you have a handful of owners that want to win because they love football, like Ursay and Jones, when they get in their own damn way. Yeah. Um, as we look at these quarterbacks, again, I, we love Young and Stroud and Richardson. Levis goes the second pick in the second round of Tennessee. We like to add that spot. Love Hendon Hooker. Uh, Jake Hayner from Fresno State. I saw this kid play. Real yeah. good college player. He ain't going to see the field in, in New Orleans, and he's just a wasted draft pick in New Orleans. Um, the Saints had a terrible draft. Terrible. I am so glad I'm not a fan of theirs anymore. <laughs> um, going through more of these quarterbacks, these next two, I don't know how the fuck these guys got drafted. Stetson Bennett. I know people will say, well, he's a winner. Stetson Bennett is going to be the backup for the Rams, and he's awful. I, don't, I know he went to fourth round, but, again, a horrible quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be a, a horrible NFL quarterback. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue was very adequate at Purdue. This is a guy who had flashes in games but wasn't great. The next two I like. Clayton Toon at Houston. The problem mm-hmm. Clayton Toon had was the goddamn coaching changeovers twice in his career at Houston. Uh, he goes to Arizona. He will be a capable backup in Arizona. This is what these jobs are when you get into the, the fifth round like he was. Um, and I think he'll be a capable backup to Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray were to be hurt two weeks, you can win a couple games with Clayton too. I, I he's a good. I mean, going to be a good backup quarterback. The guy yeah, that I get the, hurt. What's that? You know, Kyler's going to get hurt. Yeah, he's hurt um, every year. He's Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. Um, this guy who drafted by Cleveland. This is the perfect backup for Deshaun Watson, in that they have very similar skills. 
Um, obviously, Thompson Robinson doesn't have Deshaun Watson-like skills at that level, or he would have gone much higher. But um, dude can he can he can wing the ball, smart. He's quick. Um, I've saw him three or four times win games on his own, and uh, even this past year against USC, he damn near beat USC just by him making plays late in that game. I think he's a heck of a quarterback, a good backup. The rest of these guys, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Clifford, Clifford uh, Darren Hall, Tanner McKee, Max Dugan, these are all throwaways in my view. I do like looking at quarterbacks and see who could be that that Tom Brady, if you will, that, that sixth-round guy. Who, who, whether it's Tom – Dak Prescott was a fourth-round guy. Um, um, Tony Romo was a sixth-round guy. You know, who is that guy to me? To me, it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But we'll see what happens there. I mean, I think him and Clayton Toon are going to be good. The rest of these guys, I don't know what anyone sees in them. I, I'm frankly surprised that any of those last four got drafted ahead of Adrian Martinez from Kansas State um, or Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Both of them are better quarterbacks, if you ask me. So uh, I, I do find it cool to look at the, look at the quarterback thing. So um, let's, let's jump off the draft here and kind of hit some notes of, other stuff going on, NFL or football tangent here. Um, have you followed this Brett Favre lawsuit? What all's going on? Not just the Mississippi thing, but his uh, beef, if you will, with Pat McAfee. I have not. I am aware of his his legal problems. Um, yeah. I have. At a certain point, once these things break, I kind of make a decision whether someone's a piece of shit or not and then move on. I've considered Brett Favre now to be a complete piece of shit and unredeemable. So yeah. fuck him. I'll let him burn. I don't care. And, and I move on because at this point, I'm not interested in anything else that he has to say in yeah. his defense or otherwise. I'm not a jury. I'm not a lawyer. I don't give a damn about the, the, the intricacies of these things and whether it's legal or not. I think he's a piece of shit, and I'm done with him. Yeah, so that's kind of so, where I end up leaving it at that point. I love it because uh, I will. I am not Team Brett Favre. I have never been Team Brett Favre. I have gone as far to say I think he is the most overrated player in the history of the NFL. Um, I would never have taken him on my team. I mean, that's just never. There's never been a time even as a New Orleans Saints fan, where I would have taken him on my team. Um, for those who don't know, Brett Favre, along with others, is being sued by a number of groups in Mississippi because of a uh, misspending welfare money. Basically, there's this not-for-profit organization to Brett Favre and the people you might have heard of involved with this was the, the head of... <laughs> Uh, the head of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, Brett Favre, and the son of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr., all were involved in this. Now we know where you know the million-dollar man got his money from. Um, they basically stole money from this thing. It was Favre was getting money for appearances, upwards of a hundred grand for an appearance, three or four times. Uh, he also helped raise, I think it was $2 million um, from this fund. I'm sorry, 
$5 million from this fund for a volleyball arena at the University of South Mississippi uh, for USM and Southern Miss. And it's basically, you know, and he knew what he was doing. This is, we've seen those text messages that are out there. There's lots of info. One of the inside guys flipped on the others. Uh, DiBiase Jr. actually bought a $2 million house on a lake in Mississippi. I don't know how you get a $2 million house in Mississippi. Uh, I'm saying that and I'm from Louisiana, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> also as part of this, Brett Favre took to the offensive and he started suing people. He, amongst the people he sued, is Pat McAfee of uh, the Pat McAfee show. It's, uh, if you don't, if you don't know who Pat McAfee is, you listen to this podcast. I don't know who the fuck you are, but Pat McAfee has got a great show. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's also on um, a FanDuel, and uh, was simulcasted on ESPN for a little while. He's great. Anyway, as part of this, McAfee called Favre some names. He called him, I gotta remember all the different stuff he called him, but it was a he basically called him a charlatan, some other different things that were very, very mean. And McAfee saying, Well, I've done this sort of in character on the show, but also it is how I feel. This guy's a scumbag. I mean, he uses the word scumbag over and over. And he he being McAfee said, I will not apologize. He came on his show the day that the lawsuit against him for Brett Favre broke uh, went public and said, hey, look, I'm being sued by Brett Favre. And I've been told to cease and desist on speaking about Brett Favre, which I'm not going to do. And basically say, hey, fuck you, Brett Favre. You're a scumbag. You should be going to prison and go fuck yourself and anyone close to you. Favre wants McAfee to issue an apology. And McAfee said on his show this past week, no chance in hell. This is going to get litigious and funny. Because one, Favre's going to go, Favre may not go to jail, but when Favre gets convicted, he's going to be on house arrest or, you know, some kind of probation. And McAfee's going to have a field day with him. And McAfee shouldn't have to. Look, if McAfee is found guilty of doing, of saying some things about Brett Favre, then you should get me in trouble too, because how many times have I said fuck Brett Favre? Fuck was, Brett I think Favre. he's a con artist. Scumbag piece of scumbag. shit. I think he's a douchebag. I think that he's I think he's ignorant. I think he's one of the dumbest fucking people. This guy didn't know what a nickel defense was until he's in, in the NFL. No wonder no wonder Jerry Glanville wanted to trade him in Atlanta. Fuck you, Brett Favre. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. And if you sue me, hey. I can get a lawyer, no problem. And I'll countersue you for fucking wasting my time, which is what McAfee ought to do as well. So fuck Brett Favre. I'm team McAfee on this. I hope Brett Favre goes to jail. You know, it's part of this whole scandal he's part of. And then I hope he has to retract the things that he has said about Pat McAfee. So one last time, fuck Brett Favre. And I hope McAfee just keeps going off on. I'd love for him to do that. I would, here, here's I, the I, thing: is that he's he, what he's upset about is he was in the limelight, kind of got out of the limelight, and was trying to pull some shit without the with the without the spotlight on him. 
and he didn't get away with it. Spotlight's back on him, but it ain't a good light. And Pat McAfee is hardly the only person who's telling, saying Brett Favre's a piece of shit. You and I ain't the only people saying he's a piece of shit. And if anybody's wondering if he's a real piece of shit, go look at what he did. If you don't, if you're not familiar, remember a $5 million volleyball court for money that was supposed to go to families that have nothing. Yeah. Kids to go to school who have nothing. Fuck Brett Favre. Dude, this is what this is what takes care of the Mississippi version of Wick here in Kansas. Food yeah. for poor people. He stole money, Red Favre did, from the poorest of poor people. So fuck him. I mean, really and truly, this is not a political statement. This is a are you a human being or not? So fuck Brett Favre for stealing from the most ridiculously poor of poor people in the state of Mississippi. I mean, this is not the first time he's done something lewd and stupid. I mean, no, it's not. But this is, yeah, this uh, fuck Brett Favre, man. So that's that's the one person we can say fuck you to. Let's get to the next fuck you. And this is off football for a moment, but we'll come back. Hey, I haven't talked to you about this yet. Me and Ellen talked about the point five. Tucker Carlson got fired. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know Tucker. on this podcast we don't say fuck you to anybody as much as we say fuck you to Tucker Carlson. So out the floor is yours if you'd like to help give up a, a nice message to Tucker Carlson now that he has gone into the you other point. So I, I I am no fan of Tucker Carlson, but I, what I will say about the entire situation is I find the messaging that has been released off the air his text messages and so on to be far more interesting than anything he ever said on the air because i think on the air he's just he's a sellout piece of shit he'll say whatever he needs to say on the air that's inflammatory or whatever to get ratings because that's what they told him to do and that's what they paid him to do but what he's done off the air i find hilarious i find it truly telling of what everyone it it is essentially what everyone was saying that was on the other side of that political line they were saying it themselves tucker carlson was saying it himself and i'm finding that to almost be i want to say fuck tucker carlson but i'm actually kind of glad that that exists because i can say motherfucking tucker carlson fuck tucker carlson and motherfucking Tucker Carlson, he couldn't have said any of that shit on air. He was more than happy to say it to everybody else in that newsroom and the politicians and everybody else that there are cowards to say it in private but not in public exactly what needed to be said and instead have drummed up. Ex- I don't want to get off on a politi- political rant here, but you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. It's total yeah. bullshit. What, what I say, fuck Tucker Carlson, it is he has no scruples. He has no ethics. He has no backbone. He is a slimy piece of shit. Yeah. That's my opinion on it. And everything that's come out supports that. That is not, that is not a, a, a defense of him. It's more of an indictment of you knew better and you did nothing. Yeah, yeah he's a race-baiting piece of shit. He's a race baiting, you know, um, white privilege. He's the poster child of white privilege. 
Uh, fuck him. Fuck everything about him. I'm glad he's fired. I hope he didn't get paid another dime the rest of his life. Hope he's over there. Hope he's hocking fucking pillows for uh, Mike Lindell. I fuck the both. Fuck him. I mean, just I. There's no redeeming qualities, Dr. Carlson, whatsoever, in my view. So I'm glad that he's fired. I do think in the whole thing of oh, with all Fox News, this was them trying to clean up a public image because they they knew what was going on there too. I mean, look, yeah. he has helped them cost them cost them eight hundred million dollars. I mean, that's they're going to have to. This is the first of many. You know, Janine Pyro, uh, Pyro or whatever her name is the drunken judge. She's next. Um, yeah. Then the um, the former money honey, who Maria Bartolomeo, who I loved on CNBC when she was doing mornings on CNBC in the financial world, she was great. But then she became a whore for Donald Trump. And and for the right wing nut jobs, and and look, I don't mean a whore in a sexual sense. I mean a whore as in for the money. That's what it is. It's they'll say the message you want them to say, whether they believe it or not, for the cash. And you and I have talked about this. We we've talked about this in the past uh, privately, and I don't know if we've mentioned it on the pod, but the, there is. They don't make the distinction on air, but there is a difference between a journalist and an anchor. Or an, and as yeah. they were titled, I believe it's an entertainment anchor. Yeah, they are not journalists. They are not reputed for their word or where they're reporting. They're opinion makers and influencers, and nothing more. So yeah. they are. They don't have to back anything up, and that's part of the gimmick. The way they get around being able to do all this stuff is that they're not journalists. None yeah. of them. Oh, they're just, they're just, and, and Fox News has said from the beginning, they're an entertainment broadcast. They're an entertainment yep. for, for poor, for their, look, for, look they, their people that watch them are poor white people who don't like black people, Mexicans, Latinos, and they don't like the way the world is changing and evolving. That's really what it is. That's their target audience. They get good numbers, there's a lot of them, and they don't like anything else. And so they all go tune in to Tucker Carlson. And I think anyone that's making an excuse for Tucker Carlson's behavior right now or saying, oh, well, it's Fox News' fault. Fox News is partially to blame for continuing to let this go and go and go. But at the same time, he's a whore for the money, just as Judge Janine and, um, and Money Dog, Money Honey, oh, yeah, uh, Mark is. Yeah, so fuck them all. I'm Tucker Carlson, if you happen to hear this, fuck you. I'm glad you're unemployed. I hope you go work for the Shaw of some fucking country over in, in, in fucking, go work somewhere in the Middle East where they're going to like who you are because you back up Trump and will say that they're fucking great. So fuck you, fuck them, and go on with yourself. Get the fuck out of here. Oh. I got something for you. We didn't talk about this before. But I only recently saw this, and I have to ask it. It's not on the fuck you train. This is this is more. I want to hear what you think about this because I only recently saw this. What do you think of Vince McMahon's mustache? I have heard some really good jokes on Vince McMahon's mustache. Look, he looks nothing <laughs> like he did even a couple of years ago. 
Uh, I, I swear I've he heard. had something wrong. Something wrong. And I, and I saw it. It was on uh, 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 John Oliver on, on, on Last Week Tonight. Oh, John Oliver had the best. And they were talking. Yeah. He looked like he got stung by a thousand bees and all this shit. I just need to know what do you think of that mustache? Because he doesn't look like him in that interview. No. But there's something not right with him right now. Yeah, okay. So I got to make sure I get the, get the name right. Okay. Um, first off, I, I, the, the best line I heard is, Vince McMahon looks like a man who's going to challenge you to a worldwide balloon race. Yes. Yeah, that, that, was, on, that was on Oliver. Yep, I remember yeah. that one. That was um, the one I, I'm trying to, let me get this if I can get this. Uh, I'm trying to give me a second as I will get you who this is. and I'll you, know, you. You, know, you know what he looks like to me, honestly? He looks like a bad 80s villain. Yes, I'm, you know I'm what I mean? That. Yeah, he looks right, like a so, bad 80s villain with this thing going on. Okay, remember the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons? Yeah. Remember Muttley the dog? Yeah. Who is the person that Muttley the dog was with? Oh, I know who you're talking about. He had the 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 crooked the crooked mustache and the pointy uh-huh. nose. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Oh my God! It was uh, I, I. It'll come to me, and when it does, that's who I I say he looks like now. Um, yeah. No, because his face is too swollen for that character. I know what you're talking about. I well, I'm just saying the mustache itself is who it looks like to me. Oh, the mustache. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, it, it doesn't even look it looks the first time I looked at it it looked like dastardly. it was glued on like it was fake it, it's Dick Dastardly is the guy's yeah, name Dick da- yep, yep. Good if you're yeah, listening okay. you're Dick Dastardly that's what Vince McMahon's mustache looks like is Dick Dastardly um, yeah I, some of the best jokes I heard were um, he looked like Dick Dastardly he looked like he was going to challenge someone to a round the world balloon race uh, Clark Gable, I heard of like um, an, an aged Clark Gable. Um, aged and swole. Yeah, yeah, he's had so much work done. It's ridiculous. He, you can tell like he's had work done and it didn't work out well. He would better off not having done anything. I don't know why oh, yeah. he would. It fucked up. Yeah. It looked like it, in that interview, it looks like his face is a little fucked up or he's in recovery still mm-hmm. for it all. I don't know. It ain't right. Yeah, let me. But I have to pull that. I mean, you, to look at him, you almost he's almost unrecognizable. I remember I was watching the clip, and I was like, "Where's Vince McMahon?" I really didn't recognize him. Looking at him, and then he spoke, and I'm like, "Well, that's his voice." But this fucker ain't Vince McMahon. Somebody on Twitter said that Vince McMahon looks like the the guy from the Tampedo hot sauce bottle. Oh God! Um, oh man! Oh God! I just need I need more jokes on this man. I just um, he just you know he he took the shtick to being the evil boss to a whole new level. I mean, it's just it's it's pretty glorious. I I I don't know what else to say. I, I mean, couldn't just, not bring it up. I couldn't not bring it up since we hadn't yeah. talked about it at all yet. Google memes of this, and I swear you'll go down a rabbit hole that you'll just laugh and laugh. Here's one where someone put a outfit on Vince McMahon that looks like um, 
oh, I don't know which evil person this is in cartoons, but it's got the red hat and the uniform. He looks like every cartoon villain, like billionaire cartoon villain. I just love it. Uh, I am I am beside myself. To me, he he really doesn't even look like himself anymore. Yeah, I, what are you gonna do? I wonder if anyone has gotten Vince McMahon's mustache as a Twitter handle yet. What do I'm, they call still... that? There's a, there's a there's got to be a name for that. I mean, you can't just call it the caterpillar. I mean, the thing is, it really I I saw it. I swore it was glued on. It wasn't even. Right, I'm, looking, I'm gonna look this up there here. It is. But anyway, anyway. Yeah, it's. I also I wanted to ask you something else. Yeah, go ahead. We've talked about this at length over the last year, uh-huh. um, and I've had multiple conversations away from us about this, the Lamar contract. Yeah, I have he signed thoughts. it. Yeah, he signed it. I, I'm. I just look. There is no no one has the handle Vince McMahon's mustache on Twitter. I'm going you can to get, get it that right out. now. I'm going to get, get it, it right now. Start. I'll get that to re-record. I'll get that to done recording. Um, I have thoughts on the Lamar's contract. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, Lamar, I feel like I have two minds about it. Like Lamar did not get what he wants. He got a lot of money. What he did get, he didn't get a fully guaranteed contract. He got as close as you're going to get now. Looks like. Uh, it looks like the collusion has worked. These these guys aren't getting fully guaranteed contracts. What he did manage to get was a five-year deal as opposed to six, seven, or more, which means Lamar is going to be 30 years old when he's a free agent again. Mm-hmm. So he negotiated that. That was smart. Um, I did see that he saved himself $7.3 million in agent commissions, this contract, that's yeah. what his contract he would have had to have paid. He has yeah. since, uh, he's giving that money to his mother. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, that's just cool. Um, but yeah, I look at Lamar. I was hoping that Lamar would be the one to get that guaranteed contract because then the others would. But it seems like what's happened here is that the Ravens did the bidding of literally every other owner in this league and said, do not give him the contract. Do not. It's not an it's not the knock on Lamar more than it's these owners are standing up together to say, boy, they really fucked it up, almost fucked it up for us all in, in Cleveland. And instead of letting Jimmy Haslett fuck it all for him. They've stood up against it and they've said no more guaranteed contracts to quarterbacks. Um, because now if Lamar didn't get it and um, Jalen didn't get that much, well, what does Burrow have? Burrow can't do anything between now and the beginning of the season to mm. get a guaranteed contract. The only way that Burrow can get one would be for Burrow to not sign an extension this, during the season, during the, the off season, bet on himself, go all the way to the end of the year, hope to win the Super Bowl, and and the MVP. 
Now, look, I've already said, I think Joe Burrow is going to win the MVP this year. I think to me, he's the favorite. He's who I would bet on. And I don't know if the Bengals will win the Super Bowl. It's just so much. There's so many good teams in the AFC. They have as good a chance as anybody else. But I do think that Joe Burrow, people are going to realize how good he is. And I do think he'll have a shot at the MVP, if not win it. He's my pick going in. Um, but, yeah, I think that we're not going to see a guaranteed contract for a quarterback now. Maybe not even Mahomes on his extension when his extension comes around in a few years. And it's just because these owners have colluded. They've colluded. And if there's any way to prove it, the, the PA should try. The, the NFL PA should absolutely try. This has happened once in sports before. Go ahead. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And, and it, was there collusion? I don't think anyone did, would disagree with that. Having said that, yeah. you have to have, I got to say this, equal and opposite. You have to have an equal and opposite response. The Browns fucked it up for everybody, and the response had to be that this isn't going to happen again. By yeah, all the other owners, and we talked we talked about this repeatedly. That that other owners is it collusion? Of course, it's collusion because the Browns fucked it up. If the Browns hadn't done what they'd done, this wouldn't even be an issue, yeah. and this probably this contract dispute wouldn't have been an issue. But the Browns have caused problems, and the 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 Ravens are the brunt of the force. And and I'm not defending the Ravens. You know how I feel about how they yeah. treated him. Thank God they went and got flowers in the first round. Give them something. Yeah. Give them something, it's Joe. And they signed Odell Beckham as well. Um, yeah, it's it's they're they're trying to actually realize that yes, he's a franchise quarterback. Yes, he needs weapons, and yes, he needs protection to do it right. But I thought, and, and I had talked about this uh, the week before, um, was that things were going to happen. The trade was the, the the draft was going to be kind of a a forcer of certain things. The Lamar contract, the Aaron Rodgers situation, these things all had to be settled if they were going to do anything at all. If it was settled after the draft, it would be a much bigger problem. Yeah. It would be a much bigger problem. And I think what ended up happening is Lamar realized that he wants that contract and he wasn't going to get it anywhere else because, because collusion. Yeah, we know that, and it wasn't going to change. No matter yeah. what, how much we think he might deserve it or whatever, he's asking for what Deshaun Watson was, and nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it for Deshaun Watson, but the Browns fucked it up. Yeah. Having said that, I think he got as close as he could by realizing, I got a really good deal here. They want me. I can get what I want without anything happening. If I do it after the draft, it's bad for them, and it's bad for me. There's a, it's a lose-lose or a win-win. Yeah, there his, was no, his, there was no situation in which either of those wasn't true. Yeah, Lamar win-win or lose-lose. Yeah, Lamar's options become more limited after the draft. So it was smart that he got it because there was also the option that you know there was talk that Houston might trade up, might trade number two pick for him. So um, it's possible. We talked about it. We yeah. talked about it. They went a different way, but I think if he had not been settled by the draft, I don't think I think Lamar would have held out. And he would have sat out the whole year as a result. And I don't think the Ravens, I think the Ravens knew it and believed it. I think that he, it's not a bluff. I believed he would have done it. So someone had to, they had to find a way to make that work. Yeah. And, I'm glad and I think the thing they, they did to make it work for Lamar was the, was the five-year deal. Shorten the deal. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is a joke for you here. 
Vince McMahon looks like Rene Goulet. Robert Goulet, I'm sorry. Robert Goulet, the singer. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Vince McMahon looks like he wants pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> that one I had not heard. Like he's That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Vince McMahon looks like what is his name? Um, oh God, what is this actor's name? Uh, first off, uh, Vince McMahon looks like Doctor Eggman from the Sonic movie, Jim Carrey's character. Oh, I know you talk. Yeah, yeah. But uh, from the video game, not from the movie. Well, there's some of the movie on the picture here. Yeah. Really? Because uh, Vince McMahon he, looks like Vincent Price as Dracula. Oh yeah, I can see that. Oh yeah, that was a good one. So, yeah, we we might have to come up with some more on that. So that's just a couple more on Vince McMahon. Hey, the last fuck you we have this week because we all got a little streak of fuck yous. Is the okay. man that I almost killed last year? Like it would have been it would have been involuntary manslaughter, but it would have been manslaughter. Jackson Mahomes has been oh, arrested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we worked away from that, but we had to come back to it. So um, we did. Jackson Mahomes to turn himself in, and we're recording this on the Wednesday. It was earlier today that, and ESPN's already trying to get rid of it as fast as they can. Uh, Jackson Mahomes was, was processed for three counts of aggra- aggravated sexual battery and a fourth count of battery uh, against a owner of a bar in Overland Park, Kansas. And uh, there's video of this where he's trying to basically trying to make out with her. He's behind the bar. He kind of grabs her arms and and trying to kiss her and this and that. Um, I'm not excusing Jackson Mahomes' behavior whatsoever. Um, it's about time things catch up to this guy. This is a guy who, now I live in Lawrence, and he has come over here a few times, and he has been uh, historically booed out of a couple of bars in this town. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube. There's video of it. Um, he has done a good deed in this town as well. He actually went to Johnny's North um, and helped and gave the servers there a $5,000 tip one night. So that part of being rich is doing something cool once in a while. When you when you give somebody some shit, you, you ought to point out and do something nice as well. I think this is a guy who's a kid. He acts like he behaves like a kid. And... He's obviously a headache for his multi-million dollar, multi-millionaire brother um, who really doesn't need any more headaches because he has a wife that's a big enough headache, I assume. Um, but the Jackson Mahomes thing to me, it's just how can this guy, you know, now they call him, a, they don't even call him, um, uh, they don't call him Patrick Mahomes' brother anymore. They call him social media influencer, a Jackson Mahomes. Look, the guy is only who he is. Look, he's the only the guy he is because he is the younger brother of the most famous quarterback in the NFL. The guy is pretty and, much a piece of shit. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, so he's Mahomes' younger brother, and I give a shit why. I, let me, let me, and let me put this in a context that makes sense to everybody else. If you take... Any other famous athlete and point me at their sibling 
and who's not famous for any other for no other they're not athletes they're not they're not stars they're not actors they're not anything they're just whoever they are doing whatever job they do and 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 make me feel like I give a shit yeah. I don't I don't you're telling me he's an influencer which basically means he posts a lot on social media and people look at it he doesn't influence anything he certainly doesn't influence anything i give a shit about he's just a guy being an ass online all the time and people want to see what he'll do next it's kind yeah. of the uh what i would consider to be the uh what's, what's his damn name uh the howard stern effect they're yeah. interested because they'll see what he does next not because they give a shit about what he thinks feels or otherwise his opinions don't matter it's about what kind of shit will he get into yeah that's what he is that doesn't yeah. make him an influencer. It makes him a jackass. I agree. Here's it makes him point. a jackass on Kramer, and I don't care. Yeah. So this is according to um, ESPN.com has a thing on here. Um, Mahomes was arrested, um, and he was he was booked. He was arrested, charged with aggravated batteries, three counts of aggravated sexual battery, and an additional count of battery from a separate incident. Uh, Mahomes is the quote ESPN.com. Uh, TMZ, in a video published by TMZ, uh, Mahomes appears to, uh, the video appears to show Mahomes, it's going to Jackson Mahomes, uh, kissing a woman while his hands were grasping her neck. A 40-year-old woman who is the owner of Aspen's Restaurant and Lounge in Overland Park, it's suburban Kansas City, for those who don't know, um, also accused Mahomes of shoving a member of the restaurant waitstaff in a separate incident. Um, Mahomes' attorney has denied the woman's allegations in a statement to local TV. This is back in March when that first, when the first video, the video first emerged. Um, this is going to get settled out of court. She's getting a paycheck. Charges are going to get dropped, that whole thing. But I, I bring this up because one, I really think that Jackson Mahomes is a piece of shit. And I don't understand. Have you seen the video? I have. It's it's kind of damn. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. but here's the thing, and I'm not making any excuse for Jackson Mahomes. But here's the thing. Here's what upsets me the most is that Patrick Mahomes' current NFL contract is for over four hundred million dollars. He makes a shitload of other money in endorsements. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a billionaire sooner than later. Um, he, from all things I have seen, Patrick Mahomes seems like a really good guy. He seems like a yeah. down to earth guy. He married his high school sweetheart who that's a whole other ball of wax. We can get into on that crazy bitch, but he seems like a genuinely nice and good man. He seems like the kind of guy you would want your son to wear the Jersey. Of. Yeah. And if you are Patrick Mahomes and he's got a team, he's got people, he's got an agent, he's got you know people who work for him and everything else. Have they not gotten the message across to this sneaky little bastard to get your shit together because you're fucking with the brand? Well, they, they did. You know, there was that situation a couple of years ago with him and Patrick Mahomes' wife, that they kind of had to tone everything down because you're fucking with the Browns. And they did. They did tone it down. Now, this is more of a, 
this is almost as if I hate I don't know another way to put it any better is it, it kind of had to have a godfather conversation. Yes. Remember who's yes. in charge and who you're fucking with. Because the charge? moment Patrick Mahomes decides, because yes, he's Patrick Mahomes, and, and these are things that are fucking with his brand. At some point, they're going to have to have a conversation of straighten out or get the fuck out. Because yes. you are costing not just me, my wife, my kids, my yes. team, my teammates, uh-huh. my, you know, our brand. The sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That ain't you doing all that. That's me doing all that. Do yes. not fuck this up. Yes, this is this is the opportunity that we what Patrick needs to say to his brother is this is an opportunity for our family, our name, and our legacy to be something that nobody can ever harm. And you are out there trading on that and fucking it up with bullshit like this because you think it's funny to be in the bar trying to hook up with the girl while she's behind the bar. Um, Look, I've had one run-in with Jackson Mahomes. It was literally almost a run-in. I've told the story here before. I will tell it again. Some folks know that one of my hobbies on the size, I like to Uber drive here in Lawrence. In 2022, the night of the national championship game, the Kansas national championship game, uh, when Kansas played North Carolina, um, I decided to go drive that night. It's going to be busy in Lawrence. Want to make some cash? Cool. I'm driving in what we call a triangle, which you know, 14th Street. I'm going up the hill from Mass Street up toward campus. I'm sure you know the area. You know about the bull, Bullwinkles. The bowl has a door that opens, and you and your the sidewalk is there in the street, 14th Street. It is halftime of the game. I'm driving up the hill. I'm going very slow. There's nobody on the street because everybody's inside watching the games, or the game. And I'm sure something's going to happen. People are going to come out. It's also an area you got to drive slow anyway. Driving up the hill, when all of a sudden. The door opens and running, this guy runs just straight out into the fucking middle of the street. Like a goofy looking deer with on ice. Was this goofy looking dude wearing um it was khaki pants and a pink sweatshirt. Look, he was drunk, which I mean that's not, a, not a, I'm not judging him for being drunk. That's what kids do, especially in that triangle. But he comes out and he's just giggling. And I had to slam on the brakes. I missed hitting this guy by three feet. As my heart is pounding, is about to hit somebody. I take, I put it in park. There's nobody behind me. And I just kind of take a deep breath. I exhale a couple of times. I look up and see who it is. It's Jackson Mahomes. Now I have a sunroof on it. And I had it open that night. So I raised up into the sunroof and I said, get your dumb ass back in the goddamn bar, you goofy looking fuck. And he's just waving his hands. <laughs> he has no clue that he came one second away from dying. Now, I've told this story to friends and people I know. And the thing I always get back from them is, you know, if you'd have killed him, no jury would have convicted you. Problem is, is he's Patrick Mahomes' brother. Yeah, 
Then someone told me, not only would he have not, you, I'd not been convicted, Patrick Mahomes probably would have been the one that would give me enough money for my legal defenses. <laughs> I might have done him a solid by killing his brother by If I put a gun. It, um, it's, it's, a couple it's of guys. It's funny like, to say after the fact. It's funny him. to say because he funny. didn't get hit. Yeah. 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 I'm <laughs> glad the young man's still with us. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm glad the young man's with us still. I mean, I don't want to see anyone die. Um, except for Brett Favre, uh, apparently. Oh, and Tucker Carlson. Um, they can both die. I wouldn't care tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I don't want to see a young person die. There's still some redeeming situations that could happen because of this. But, yeah, it, if I had killed him, one, no jury would have convicted me. And, two, I might have made some cash on a GoFundMe, and I'll bet secretly Patrick would have given me some money for offing the brother. I would have been, yeah, I, I would have been like, it would have been like a mobster. I would have, I would have handled the family business for him. <laughs> I could have been, I could have been Patrick Mahomes' Luca Brasi. You know, I, I, you mentioned something, not to uh, tangent off of that. You mentioned something there and it, it jogged my memory uh, on Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this. I still have the sign. Oh, wow. The Brett Favre. So, yeah. So for those of us who I are want, friends of I, ours, yeah, we have a, we had a sign, you know, street signs, and we used it as our trophy for fantasy football for a couple of years. You still have it, huh? I, I um, it's in, it's actually uh, in the garage at my mom's, and uh, I, it's, I, I've forgotten all about it. I actually, for a while there, I was wondering what happened to it because I couldn't remember where it went. Oh. And then I saw it last year in the garage. Actually, it's still there. And now, of course, I can't give it away to anybody, you yeah. know, at least not around here. Yeah. So it is what so. it is. But, yeah, it's funny. It, bringing that up, it jogged my memory. It's like, yeah, I still have that thing from like, 20 years ago. Hey, last couple things I want to jump on. Um, something that's sad, tragic. Yeah. Um. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This is I saw this on ESPN.com earlier today as well. This is tragedy. This is the week of the Kentucky Derby, and yeah. I'm not a huge race racing fan, but the Kentucky Derby is fun to watch. The fastest two minutes of sports, it's, it's great. The, the race itself, the pomp and circumstances, one of those bucket list things. I I really would at some point would like to go to the Kentucky Derby, go to Churchill Downs. Um, but I saw something disturbing this week when I saw four horses have died at Churchill Downs this week. Um, two of them with the same trainer. One of them was a derby participant by the name of Wild on Ice. Um, it looks like the Churchill Downs is investigating the, the deaths of four horses over a five-day period. Uh, two of the horses trained by uh, Safi Joseph Jr. both collapsed and died on the track. Um, the other two collapsed after practice runs and not sure if it was because of racing or training. Um, it's just sad to see this happen. Um, again, I, I, I don't know if there's any foul play involved at, at first I kind of was thinking of like the Sopranos of, you know, Tony had the racehorse, <laughs> Ralph Ciparetta, you know, killed the racehorse for the, uh, for the money, for the insurance money. Um, but I don't know if it's that or just a, a 
you know, wild inconvenience and or a wild in you know, um, not inconvenience, but a uh, just wild circumstances. Four horses died at the, at the Churchill Downs this week, and I hate to see that. It, it's you see those beautiful animals get hurt and to, to be hurt first off and then die. Oh, just horrible. So, um, I will keep an eye on if we, if we see more. If there's any kind of foul play or if there's anything that comes out of those investigations, we'll be sure to talk about it in the future. But, uh, yeah, it's sad, sad stuff. Yeah. So, um, you going to watch yeah, the uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby on Saturday? No, I, the racing doesn't really interest me much. I do appreciate the pomp and everything that happens as far as the Derby itself goes. You know, I understand that it's a huge event. And if I were ever given an opportunity, I would absolutely go just to see the spectacle of it all. Yeah. Um, not because I'm interested in the horses or the races, uh, but more just the event itself is, is the interesting draw there. Not, not yeah. anything else. So that. It is it is suspicious to say the least. Uh, I am curious to to hear what they come back. I, and I'll and I'll say it right now. I fully expect this to be a uh, unexplained, you know, kind of bullshit that yeah. is the public speak of something may have happened, but we ain't going to talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I expect. Is is that yeah. that with behind the scenes and behind closed doors, things will be investigated and talked about and. You know, they'll they'll make accusations, they'll do an investigation, the truth of it will never come out. Yeah. And that, and that's how I expect you know, this is, is kind of a side note story uh, on ESPN that will end after Saturday. No one yeah. will even talk about it. Yeah, well it, it will, unfortunately. And then also, hey, but if you want to get down on the horse races, DraftKings got you back. DraftKings is one of our great sponsors here on the Coach Bonos podcast. Uh, check it out this weekend. If you're new to DraftKings, use our link in the show notes and you're going to get $100 in free bets, which you can use on, uh, you can use it on, use it on, uh, no, easy for me to say, use it on the NHL, use it on NBA. You can use it on the, the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Anything that tickles your fancy, you can get it in there. Major League Baseball, it, you can put it on futures for the NFL. If they've got the um, futures already out for Team wins. Um, hey, I got one for you here, Uncle Rico. I decided that every week I'm going to put a $25 bet on the Saints under. It's my way of having a savings account. Because they're going to go <laughs> under nine and a half, nine and a half wins. There's no way the Saints are sniffing nine and a half wins. So if I can oh, put $25 a week in on DraftKings, Tom. January, I'll have a nice little New Year's, um, you know, windfall. I like it. I honestly, I do like it. I might do the same for Atlanta. <laughs> I look out, man. They, they've done some. They got some good moves. I, I just know the Saints. Ah. I don't know they're gonna fuck this thing up. So, um, hey, I also got. We got to give a little bit of help to um, Eda, uh, our token girl, Ellen Wingender. Who's usually in here to point five with me. Um, last week we were talking on the point five. I said, Hey, I will come out to Denver, you know, for the NHL for the conference finals when the Oilers beat the beat the Golden Knights and the Avalanche win. I said, I'll come out there, I'll wear my Oilers Connor McDavid jersey. We'll have a good time. We'll go to the game. We'll get Rico to come with us as well. 
was going to get you a Connor McDavid jersey as well, but um, we'll figure it out. But now you can't do it because the Avalanche are out. These these number one seeds in the playoffs are dropping like flies. Um, Milwaukee Bucks lost as number one seed in the NBA, and both mm-hmm. the number one seeds, the um, Avalanche and the Boston Bruins lost in the first round. The Bruins had the best record, regular season record, in the history of hockey and lost in a, in a seven-game series to a team that barely skeeted into the playoffs. Unbelievable parody in the playoffs this year. This this brings up something that that I just realized. Now I think that might be the trend of 2023. If you go back to March and March Madness, yeah, number one's falling. I think is going to be a 2023 trend. There may be something yeah. in the water, or the El Nino, or the Nina, or whatever, whatever the hell's going on. I think this may be the year to not be a number one seed. Well, there's one number one seed. We must protect one number one seed with all the protection we can give. We might get Secret Service. And that's my LSU Tigers, the number one team in baseball. (laughs) They average in 9.8 runs per game right now. They had a game last week. They were down 8-3 in the sixth. And Peyton says, oh, the Tigers are going to lose tonight. And I went, no, they're not going to lose. It was 7-3 in the sixth. Next time we look, it was 11-8 final. Yeah. Scored three in the ninth. I'm like, this team's unbelievable. They average almost 10 runs a game. They got the number one player in the draft in uh, Dylan Cruz. Who's, they're comparing him to Mike Trout. I mean, that's high praise. He's hitting the, the third hitter, the center fielder for the LSU, is currently hitting 490. 490? 490. He was hitting over 500 till like two weeks ago. He was walked in a game last week with the bases loaded. Keep the an bases eye on loaded. It. Keep he an got eye an intentional walk. I think the Chiefs sucked up all the number one seed power, and it is gone until next year's Super Bowl. Number ones may be in a problem this year. All the yeah. way up until next end of next February, even even the Chiefs may be a victim of their own selves. If they're number one next year, they may not make it just as a number one because of it. Greedy yeah, we'll number one seeds are dropping. <laughs> so let's see what um, happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So um, hey, last thing I wanted to ask you: Did you see the White House correspondence dinner? I did not watch the whole dinner. I did watch. Uh, was it uh, Roy Woods Jr.? Roy Woods Jr. I love Roy Woods Jr. Yeah, I saw his 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 set, if you will, his twenty minutes. Yeah, set. it was good. It was good. It was good. I think it was well balanced. Yeah, he Roy Woods Jr. Um, should absolutely be the host of the Daily Show, the permanent host of the Daily Show. It's a good audition for what he did. Well, he's been on there with Trevor Noah for for he was one of the guys reporters that was constantly yeah. on. Guys hysterical. Yeah, as good as Roy Wood Jr. is, I think he's hysterical. I think his comedy's great. I think his stand up. I think he was great at the, and I thought he was really. I did think he was well balanced. Um, I think Joe Biden outdid him. I think Joe Biden <laughs> was hysterical. Joe Biden 
I mean, it was just zinger after zinger after zinger. Oh my God, I loved it. And I, I, I don't even know what was my favorite joke, whether it was, you know, welcome to the Fox News people who, you know, last year they all got vaxxed and, and boosted so they could be here. And this year they're here because, you know, they, they because of the lawsuit, they now will take any free meal they can get. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, he had a number of just, just oh my God. Oh, yeah. The DeSantis one was great about, hey, I had a whole list of DeSantis jokes, but Mickey Mouse beat me to it. Um, I I thought whoever wrote Biden's material, clearly he doesn't write it himself. So he asked people that write that for him. I thought it was great. And I thought that he was, he's, I like the way he's willing to make fun of himself. Unlike any, I think that's why people like, it's why he was popular as vice president. He kind yeah. of took on that, yeah, I'm a goofball piece. You know, the ice cream jokes and the you know second fiddle to yeah. Obama stuff. He took all that. He took all that humor about him. And now as president, he's doing it too. He's letting people say what they want to say because he's just getting shit done. Um, God, he's been underrated. And he's, and I thought his five minutes, five or 10 minutes was hysterical. So it, yeah. yeah, if you haven't had well, a chance, do a, a favor, YouTube it. Go to YouTube. You can find both him no, I, and I, yeah. I've, I saw. I've seen it. Yeah. It 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 is a stark contrast to a president who's willing to laugh at himself versus one who's so full of himself that yes. they even have the well put. Well put. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that that was one of the things that goes back to, and, I, and I'll bring this up. I'm a, I'm over. I'm a Democrat, I guess, but. That was one of the things about George W. Bush that we all liked when he was when he was president. Yeah, was that he was yeah. down to earth. He was the guy you wanted to have a beer with. He played that perfectly, and and he was he still is. He's still a good. I'm a, and I'm a Democrat. I still would sit down with George Bush, George W. Bush, and drink a beer and talk baseball with him. That'd be fucking great. I think he'd be fun. I you know, I, I mean, there's things I won't agree with with him. But that's where reasonable people can disagree. Yes, yes, and, and that is a that is a distinction that most, especially if you if you're a younger person out there was who's just becoming of voting age, if you will, or getting into yeah. getting interested in politics. Understand that what you have seen for the last you know ten years is not typical. Oh, it's not. Okay, you know, understand that there are times. There was a time, and for many. Decades upon decades in which politics didn't have to agree to be able to get along. That's right. And the division lines today are not indicative of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You don't have to like to somebody both sides politically to be able to vote. get along. Yeah. yeah. Both sides are not just hiding in their bunker to say, oh my God, we're going to, we can't agree with anything. It's like the, the key and peel joke when Obama is sitting down with all of the, the, the people from the opposite side and going, well, you know, I guess we'll have to make it a smaller, uh, uh, make the government smaller. And they go, no, 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 no. Not because they don't believe that's it. exactly what they believe in. They just couldn't agree to pop. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of yeah. joke thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the. Obama I'm, still I'm, has I'm the rabbit, best. You know? Yeah. Obama still has the best correspondence dinner in history. When he had Keenan McLeakey on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my as the anger translator, yeah, oh, that is still the best. Yeah, 
<laughs> this is still that is still the best correspondence dinner ever. Yeah, with with Keegan Michael. My favorite is what he says, and that's why we're running for a third term. And he goes, he goes, no, we're not. He goes, who the hell said that? <laughs> Whenever we're wrong about something in our house, that's what we do. We'll, we'll like if I say uh, something wrong, Peyton or Jen says something wrong, we'll go, who the hell said that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Angry. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to bring it up. I love that there's. People who are willing to make fun of themselves. Hell, I do it all the time. I, I think that there's a time and a place for, and I don't want to call it self-loathing, but to just be real with yourself and say, hey, look, I'm willing to have fun at my own expense. I will let others have fun at my expense because I'm confident in who I am. You know? Yeah. I, I will bust balls with my buddies, but damn, I'll take it too. I mean, I will let you come at me but I'm going to get my ribs in too. It's just the way it is. But I, I enjoy it in the right spot, in the right circumstance. And I think that, I think in the end, what I really liked about this year's was that Biden was willing to put some barbs out there and not, and not, I feel bad about it. Now there's, there's a long history in comedy that, uh, that is, that is genius. It works. It diffuses because self-deprecation is comedy gold. If you yeah. can't make fun of yourself, you can't really make fun of anything. Yeah, no what if you're when you're picking on somebody else, it's mean, it's heartless. But when you take shots at yourself, look, I'm the guy who'll say I'm a fat guy and this and this and everything else. I'm willing to take those on so you don't have to say it. Mm. So you don't have to worry about feeling bad. Laugh with me. I'll make it okay for you to laugh at me because we're gonna laugh together. Because oh, I know yeah. it too. So, but these podcasts get long winded when it's you and I on here because we like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, let's jump up out of here. I, I, with all that said, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast today. Uh, Uncle Rico, thanks for coming in, brother. I appreciate you kind of carrying me through some spots. Today. My voice is still cracking and hurting, but I'll be back later. And uh, I, I want to tell everybody we're going to be a little spotty on releases for the next couple of weeks we got something going on family wise i won't be in the studio as much um but i'm going to try to sneak away for a couple of episodes over the next 10 days we'll see how things go uh, but nothing major nothing's wrong everything's fine just a lot of stuff going on so um we'll be spotty comes out but we'll be but we'll be back um i want to say thank you again uncle rico uh don't forget our our podcast day is completely solo uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you want to get down, Kentucky Derby, NBA basketball, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, hey, my tip right now, college baseball is here. And on DraftKings, you can get some college baseball in. LSU Tigers will not let you down. <laughs> Until the end. I don't know. I, I'm booking my shot. I'm booking <laughs> that my number one. You, what, you, what you're shooting for is number two here, number two seed, number two I'm seed. I'm not going to get a two seed. So check out, again, the link in the show notes for DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, when you go on and use our link, you're going to get $100 in free bets when you put in your first $100 deposits. So we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, also, Winston, shout out to thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. Leave us less than five. Well, don't leave anything wrong. Until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. And remember, your time tokens are not refundable. Take care, everybody.